0: But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax, and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides
1: Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Change That's It podcast. With me, returning, I'm my guest Arthur Smith. Um, you probably know you can buy the emergency questions book at com. You can get a signed copy of that there. You can get a copy with a Shrek in it. And you can get a personalized copy with whatever you want written in it by me or an extra emergency question that would just be for you. Um, but now, if you're set up of carrying a book around and you own an Apple product like an iPad or an iPhone, you can get emergency questions on your device. Um, it's at the app store, it's called Emergency Questions, and i got Rahula in there as well, and you'll definitely get it. Uh, and um, it's got some free questions, and then you can pay for extra packs, which include the whole book, uh, and uh, there's another one which is for dating, 100 Questions for Dating, and there's 100 Questions for Kids, uh, which are kid-friendly, as long as you don't mind me talking about poo and wee quite a lot, which, you know, I think kids are up on that. Um, and also we have a new series coming up which starts recording on October the 16th, we've got some great guests coming up including October the 16th Ellie Taylor, uh, October the whatever it will be, 23rd is Armando Iannucci. uh November the 20th I think is Richard Osman and there's lots of other very exciting people in the mix people are a bit slow getting back to me this time uh, but hopefully we'll nail that down pretty soon, uh, so do book it. Those go to leicestersquaretheatre.com and you can find my page and book tickets to that. would be lovely to see you if you want to come along. Anyway, let's sit back and enjoy Richard Hayes' Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who is willing to talk about the tactics of Monopoly for a lot longer than most other people would think was reasonable. It's Richard Herrick! <coughs> It's good to be back. Um, see, well, soon I won't be living in London. That's terrifying, isn't it? It feels like a week ago I was saying that, but it can't have been. Uh, so um, uh, it's lovely to be here at the Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, this is Rich Change Leicester Square Theatre podcast. But I was talking to some of the crazy Crocos recently, who you may remember in the 1990s were the figures given away in Kinder Eggs. They were very popular. And though none of them can actually literally speak... I did feel that they w- would call it realness to play if they could, so it's, uh, they're very cool. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's all cracking on, uh, getting very close to the, the, the imminent death uh, of being old. How old are you, sir? Uh, 45. 45. I, th- I thought you were over 50. Uh, I, th- I thought you'd be, be able to give me some advice about, I can give you some advice about, but you know, he looks so young. How old are you? 51. How did you cope with uh, turning 50, the big five-zero, 0 as I, I, no one calls it? I, I contented myself at home with my like 25-year-old wife. You contented yourself at home with your 25-year-old wife? So is that your advice to me, to do the same? <laughs> I'm very happy to give it a crack, if you don't mind. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> she has standards. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> She's not here tonight, so that that would imply she does have standards. Uh, Good. Uh, How old are you, sir? Forty-four. So, some kind of middle-aged man, but younger. The kind of guys who are watching me on Fist of Fun and looked up to me as a sort of god, and then have grown up with me still. Well, that's nice to know. Uh, Are you looking forward to turning fifty? Six years away, but it goes fast. You can't wait. (laughs) You're going to have to wait six years, but it's, it's it's going to be very quick. Don't worry. So we're going to crack straight on with uh, this week's guest. It's very. Uh, I mean, last week we had someone called Brian who doesn't drink alcohol, and in a way, this week we've got the same. So you might not realise that. Uh, he's probably best known as uh, the Milkman from Filthy Rich and Catflap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Arthur Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. Arthur Smith. Love to see you. Welcome. Pull up a chair, pull up a microphone. How are you? I'm extremely handsome. <laughs> you are. I don't know why everyone's laughed. <laughs> you've still got it, my Arthur, you've still got it. So, um, do you remember being on Filthy Rich and Cat Flap? I do dimly, yes. Yeah. I, was,
1: uh, yeah, I was the milkman, and I,
0: did I... I got killed. Didn't Did I? you? Oh.
1: I think someone smashed a Rick mail, or someone smashed a glass over my head. Bloody hell! And I died. Bloody hell! It was I... good. I actually, I got, I got to keep one of the bottles. Do you know that you can smash people oh, over yeah, the head yeah. with? Yeah, which aren't real glass. They're not dangerous, and I. I had a, a, did a joke with a friend. We were, I was in one car, he was in the car behind me. We Pretended to have an argument and I smashed it over his head. <laughs> and was arrested.
0: <laughs> Immediately. Now, I'm about to turn 50 uh, and in two, <laughs> day, in two days' time. Uh, and you were at my 30th birthday dream party. Do you remember this? Of course I don't. No, you came to... We had... I lived in Ballam at the time, and you gate-crashed my 30th birthday party. Oh, yeah, I used to love gate-crashing Yeah, <laughs> we were, I was it's in... It's go- much better than if you're invited. <laughs> it was in Goblins, where, where we both drank occasionally. Oh, yeah, 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 where they used to play Monopoly. They did, and Scrabble. They used to oh, play I'm a sorry. lot of Scrabble. Down. <laughs> we'll get on to that later. <laughs> <laughs> Things are going badly. We'll have a half an hour conversation about that. Um, you wrote me a poem for my 30th birthday as a gift. Did I? I, like, I like, yeah, shall I tell you how it oh, went? me, right. It wasn't a it. very long poem, but this is how it went. I've still got it up on my notice book bought at home so i could check this rage and balloon sage and buffoon yeah
1: well it's all right isn't it as my mother would say well i've tried my best <laughs> it,
0: it, twice it rhymes twice yeah exactly. and it was sort of you know there was not what, much rage. rage rage and buff- balloon that's the party sage and buffoon i think you're implying yeah. that, well, that i'm an angry are. angry and happy man who's stupid and clever
1: well wise, <laughs> wise. yeah yeah you know the French for midwife is sage femme.
0: I did not know that. We were talking about you. You can speak French. You, you were the first person to do a stand-up gig in French. I understand.
1: Yeah, I, uh, yeah, long before Eddie, may I say? Uh, yeah. Eddie Izzard, and in fact, I, I did support Eddie doing a French gig. Uh, did a couple of summers ago. Yeah. Yeah, I did uh, a ten-minute stand-up routine in Paris in about nineteen, you know, ninety-two or something. Right. and uh, and, uh, it was an interesting experience to do I mean I was thinking when you see comedians who are you know who come over Henning, Venn and you know various people for whom English is not their first language that's pretty tough doing stand-up in it
0: yeah well because it's a very I mean and I think for you especially the stand-up so much about language and words and all your writing is very intricate I think and that you're much more of a, a a word than a physical comedian, I think it's fair to say. Though you're... yeah, yeah. Although you know,
1: sometimes I use a small number of words.
0: <laughs> you do. Uh,
1: here's a fact. Uh, did you know one out of three Americans weighs as much as the other two?
0: <laughs> you know, I do a gag as well. It is. But i you know when you when I I've only, I can't speak any language as well enough to do gigs. But when I've gone, well, to you foreign... do. Your English is not bad. It's okay. <laughs> But when I go to, sometimes you go to foreign countries and do a gig in English, and to, yeah. to the locals, and then you realise how yeah. mu- how much you. Where have you played abroad? I played places like Serbia, then Belgium. How uh, did you go down in Serbia? Not very well, because I, I realised it was the first. <laughs> it was the first time I'd, I'd done a gig abroad, and I'd just started coming back to stand up anyway. And you just realise how much is the vernacular and the idiom you're yeah. using, and that people need to understand. And also, so just many the, cons- the
1: order of words yeah. that you use. Some, you know, one way it's funny, and another way, Absolutely. more or less the same, but it isn't somehow.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's it's very interesting. But yeah, it's uh, it's well, hats off to anyone who can do, as you say, the, the the foreign people coming over here and making a living in their second language and managing. Yeah, to,
1: I remember uh, into, introducing the first ever Swedish comedian at the comedy store, and. Uh, he got one small laugh when he said hello i'm a comedian from sweden <laughs> and that and that was it
0: <laughs> so i'd like to show off that this year is my um, 30th anniversary of my first edinburgh but then this year is also your 40th anniversary of your first Edinburgh. Yes. So you've won that competition. Yes. Are you going to make it? And you're going up to the fringe this year?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm uh, doing uh, the last sort of version, a slightly reworked version of my Arthur Smith Sings Leonard Cohen show, <laughs> which does sound like the grimmest evening of entertainment <laughs> imaginable. Uh, but I can promise you it's rather good, which is partly Leonard Cohen songs. There's quite a lot of. You know, reflection on humour and enthusiasm and dementia and diminishment and darkness and death. Uh, but it's not all comedy. <laughs> you know, I do sing a few Leonard Cohen songs because I think I think he should have won the Nobel Prize probably rather than Bob Dylan in yeah. a way. Who agrees? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's a proper poet, Leonard yeah, yeah. Cohen.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: I, can... you know, a poet. I love poetry. It's funny. I think. Poets, you kind of can fit in with stand-up a bit, I've discovered. You know, sometimes if I'm doing, like, a long set, I'll just do a couple of poems, which aren't meant to be funny, necessarily, or I've got some funny ones, too. And people kind of enjoy them, I've discovered.
0: Yeah, good. Yeah. You got one, now? Got one up your sleeve? If you like.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, this is a poem of optimism by uh, a woman who... She's a bit sick of it by now, so she doesn't like her name said, but this is a poem called Sometimes... Sometimes things don't go after all, from bad to worse. Some years muscatel faces down frost. Green thrives to crops don't fail. Sometimes a man aims high and all goes well. A People will sometimes step back from war, elect an honest man, decide they care enough they cannot leave some stranger poor. Some men become what they were born for. Sometimes our best efforts do not go amiss. Sometimes we do as we meant to. The sun will sometimes melt a field of sorrow that seemed hard frozen. May it happen
0: for you. Hey. (laughs) Sage and buffoon. It's all sage and buffoon tonight. (laughs) Well, Um, I'll do another one at the end. (laughs) Okay, that's what... A little bit of Shakespeare too, if you like. Okay
1: i have done a, I did a, a version of Hamlet myself. You did, I, was, I featured a little bit in oh, that, that
0: one. that's <laughs> <laughs> right, you did, that's right.
1: Yes, perhaps you'd like to explain to the audience how it was that you featured I, uh,
0: I was dating an actress called Sally Phillips shortly before that you did that to Hamlet, who, who co-starred as Ophelia in ha- Hamlet, but then we yeah, broke up know? with each other shortly before that Hamlet, and therefore I became... The
1: yeah, because I had said to Sally,
0: <laughs> she was being my <laughs> Ophelia... I said, well, look, just come on
1: and shout and be completely bonkers about whatever's pissing you off at the moment. <laughs> Which, as it turned out, was having been dumped by Richard. <laughs> or, as he was known in the thing, I at least got them to change the name to Dick Kipper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and no one saw through that. I felt a bit guilty about that. I, I mean, it wasn't, you know, I, I had to say, yeah, that's what she
1: wanted to do. And, I, to be
0: honest, I loved it. I really, I didn't love. So much that I became the centre of that particular thing. But the show was really lovely. And I'm such a big fan of yours that I've sort of felt this... Weird honour about being <laughs> included in your show, even though it was. I think in the end she sort of came round to maybe understanding that. There was, was some
1: of, small degree of redemption.
0: There was a little bit. <laughs> 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 to be honest, it was more. It was worse in real life than it was watching the uh, watching the
1: movie version of it. But um, <laughs> come on, tell us about some of your other old girlfriends, Richard.
0: <laughs> there are no one or two myself. There are. There are. There are, there are a couple. Uh, <laughs> But you've done. You've been because you've been a feature of my Edinburghs all the way through, really. And I remember the first time I went up in 1987, uh, I saw. I came. To, I saw you do a show. I think with it gets a bit conflated in my mind, but I saw some some stand-up shows, but I think there was one where you were doing a triple night at night with people, maybe Arnold Brown and maybe Jerry Sadovitz or maybe uh, Norman yeah. Love. It was one of those yeah, yeah. triple bill... It was a late months. night uh,
1: the Gilded
0: Balloon. It was indeed. And so, like, uh, we, we were sort of blown away by this because we were doing kind of university review at the time. I thought, this is incredible what people are doing here in Edinburgh. And, uh, but then I remember later on seeing you <laughs> Propped up at a bar on your own, <laughs> and, and uh, looking quite miserable. And I said to my friend, "Oh God, is you know this is what I want to do? Is that what's going to happen to me?" And, and, and it, it it was, it was yeah. <laughs> it's exactly exactly what happened. Well, I don't know.
1: Sometimes you know, just because you're on your own, it doesn't yeah. mean you're miserable necessarily. No, I probably was say, I don't know, but you know, I, I find it a kind of pleasure. I remember doing a gig where I had no reason to stick around at the end, you know, and I, did, I got a round of applause and I just walked straight out the back and I could still hear the applause fading as I began my walk alone along the river Yeah. and you know the contrast between standing in the middle of waving everyone and being Mr you know a bit, and that and then just strolling along by yourself I find stimulating.
0: I think it is once you get used to it and I guess from my point of view as a, as a new and not even a comedian at that stage someone who wanted an aspirant comedian I think you imagine oh it will all be like you'll come off stage and you'll be surrounded by people in garland and garlanded and being witty. And of course, in reality, you sort of want to be. <laughs> yeah. You want to leave it behind and you want to sit Yeah, down And, then and there's
1: those long, open mic nights where there's <laughs> just three people in the audience and one of them's dead. <laughs> 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 Hundreds of them. I mean, yeah. there's so many comedians now, aren't there, there? There
0: are. Well, it's insane compared... Even when I started, which was, you know, 87, but in the early 90s, there might have been maybe 30 comedians up in the fringe doing yeah, shows. Well, yeah, and in... when you started, there must have been, like, Four About or five, three shows. of us,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah and that's so now
0: right. it's like a fa- I think maybe a thousand comedians are up there, aren't they? Is that is that? Am I overestimating that? But it's something know. like that. And how?
1: Ma- and for every one of those, there's probably you know fifty. You are doing the open mic circuit. Yeah,
0: yeah. So how many
1: people here are doing the open mic circuit? No. See, they're they, all off at the gigs.
0: <laughs> they're all working hard, <laughs> pre-Edinburgh. Uh, but also, there was an Edinburgh show where... Um, and I can't remember the name of this Edinburgh show, but it completely... Out of many of your shows that I've seen, it blew me away the most. It was the one did in the Botanical Garden. Oh, yeah, yeah, was, yeah.
1: That was fun. That was an outdoor show. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, I used to do them. I think they do them a bit more now, but no-one really did them then. And no. i yeah, and it was in the Inverleaf Putting Green, and I had like, various people stationed on the way around, someone standing in a pond, and then you can do shows, uh, gags on a huge scale, yeah, or something yeah. like that. So I had Andy Smart about 200 yards away from this woman, they ran at each other, you know, and so it's a huge scale. Yeah. I did another one uh, a few years later where I ended it at the foot of uh, Salisbury Crags, you know, which is just by Arthur's seat, and and I had six ballet dancers <laughs> set way up on the sort of, on the top. And, you know, cued by text. And I, I
0: mean, the, the scale of the gag, I yeah. was really proud of it. Well, that was, so that's what I remember. If I remember, we'd, I, I, I'd gone, it was right at the end of the Fringe. It was just, I mean, it's, the, it's it was what the Fringe should be about. Because it was a one-off show, that Botanical Gardens almost yeah, I think I did or two, two, or two or something, yeah. yeah. But it's like, so you'd worked throughout the Fringe with all the actors, I presume. And you'd kind of worked out what you were going to do. Yeah. And I'd gone in very, I'd had, a, I'd had some... Some love affair had gone badly again. Uh, some, and which one was this then, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this was another actress. When I stopped dating actresses, things improved <laughs> quite a lot. Uh, have you but, ever
1: snogged a woman who won an Oscar?
0: Um, no, I don't th- think I have, no. I'm, I'm, I'm presuming you have, Arthur. <laughs> 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 if only I could think of an actress from a long time ago that had won an Oscar, that would yeah, be... Yeah, Gida Lollabridger, <laughs> it was. It? <laughs> but it, I, I went in quite depressed, and I came out, like, a late. You know, I just felt so happy. It was such oh, a... Oh, well, was, I it's
1: take that. That's one of the the pleasures of the job, isn't it? Is, it is not it You can enliven you know, and stimulate a group of people yeah. and make them make that funny noise, which is laughter. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, fi- and, and feeling. It's in, so it's, it's, and you were... I mean, you, I think you're really someone who does Edinburgh properly and always has, and you do you, you, you're you taking chances. You did arts exhibitions one year, and you've yeah, done... Yeah, and I had
1: my ex- exhibition of socks last year. <laughs> yes, that's year. right. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm big on socks, yeah. and I had all sorts of old socks that I'd had made, obviously, really. I had, you know, Alexander's sock that he wore as he entered the gates of Constantinople.
0: <laughs>
1: and, uh a pair of Prince's socks are only that big, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was quite fun, the uh, the sock exhibition. Well, I I, yeah, I had this idea, and a couple of years before, yeah, I did this Archer art thing. Because I noticed about the art world, it's very serious. You never hear laughter in an art gallery, do you? No. And I felt you should. Yeah. You know, comedy doesn't make something lack any artistic... Uh, proclivity so fuck it so i did a funny art exhibition (laughs) which cost me a fortune
0: (laughs) (laughs) but you've also used to do like proper you've done several proper plays and very successful plays up there the uh, yeah yeah i've done a show and the evening gary lineker i've never done a dance show though no well there's still time Perhaps you and I should do <laughs> one. <laughs> I think Tony Law and Phil Nichol are doing some kind of are they physical doing a dance. Show? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looks very exciting from the post. I I it's think... good. I like the way, you know, people
1: experiment with the form. Yeah. I mean there's like wrestling matches now, aren't there? Sort of, I suppose yeah. wrestling always has been funny in a way. It's like pantomime, isn't it? Yeah. With the sort of baddies and the
0: yeah, that was a sharp thing for them to realise. And you were offered the Perrier, Lifetime Perrier Award in yeah. about 2005, which you turned down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did, well, there wasn't any money attached to it. So
1: <laughs> I did accept it a couple of years later oh, when I got, got three grand <laughs> as okay. well. I <laughs> fuck that, as so, You know, my principles are that much. <laughs> you know, but I fucking hate award ceremonies.
0: Yeah. They're
1: boring.
0: It's, um, it's sort of weird for edinburgh as well isn't it because it's uh, you know again yeah. look, the more stuff there is there the more ridiculous it becomes because how do you how, and even if you were to compare all your shows if we said let's what's the best arthur smith show you'd have your personal opinion but it's how do you compare a sock some socks to some yeah. people up in the mountain doing ballet you know how do, which is the best of those if, two you well, know, if
1: you were offered a, an, a, 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 an obe yeah would you accept it Richard? I, I don't think i would i've
0: got friends who have done so It's hard to know, Well, Armando Yanucci. Oh,
1: that's right, he did, didn't he? I was slightly surprised by that.
0: Yeah. Well, I was having a discussion with someone on Twitter about this and they were saying that he now had no right to say anything about the royal family because he'd accepted an OBE from them, which I think is... I understand it, but I also think you don't don't lose the right to free speech because you've made a decision. A lot of people say it's for their parents. Well, funny
1: enough, I happen to know uh the person who's the chair of the honours committee. Oh, you? Yeah, no really. And he tells me that what he does is like say with Andy Murray, because he won one, didn't he? Yeah. Uh he initially turned it down, but what he does he rings up you know, he rang up Andy Murray, Murray's mother and his wife. Yeah. And then Andy Murray rang back and said, all right, I'll accept it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's diff- the way to do it. It's a difficult one because you are sort of, you know, there is there is a history to it, and it's still got British Empire at the end of it. And yeah, it sort of does seem to say I'm accepting that I'm a part of this, but you can also see it as a I'm I'm proud of the country I'm from, and I'm proud to have an honour. I mean, and would you accept it then? I don't think I would, but I've done this very lightly. I'd be off. It's so easy. Well, to also, say
1: I mean, that. when we started out, well, certainly when I started out in comedy, it, it was sort of. Part of the thing was to be anti-royal, in a yeah. way. was to be Republican. But I notice Republicanism it hardly exists anymore, does it? Yeah,
0: it's true. It's not, not in the same way. But Who's been...
1: a Republican here? See, no one. <laughs> 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 but I, mean, I remember on days like, you know, when uh, Prince Charles got married, I went to France for
0: the day Christ just to <laughs> fucking escape it all. <laughs> It turned out well for him, though, didn't it? It was a happy... (laughs) <laughs> Do you I, think... That wasn't as bad as Sally Phillips, let's face it. So, did you go out with Lady Di as well? Well, you know what, I once... Uh, I, oh, no. uh, I, uh, <laughs> I once managed to flirt with Lady Diana from a... Uh, from a actually, we, I went to Wimbledon with Sally Phillips when I was going out with Sally Phillips. Her dad was a tennis player. And you dropped off. You. <laughs> and, uh, and I was looking... We were sitting quite near the royal box, uh, or to give her official title, the Princess of Wales. <laughs> That joke joke went down a lot better before she died, I have to say. And and she was sort of about 20 feet away from me, and I was sort of looking over her, and then she sort of sensed that someone was looking at her, which she must be all the time. She she, she, she turned around and looked right at me, and I just sort of didn't know what to do, so I pulled a stupid face. You see the face you pulled? I went. Something along those lines. And. um, She laughed, she laughed, and kind of gave me that very flirtatious look. Uh, and then everyone everyone else around me saw So of... you
1: could have shaked, so I think if, I think
0: if I hadn't been with my girlfriend at the time, and if I'd known what, what was to come in the future, I'd have just been off. I think well, it would have been I bad place.
1: I'd like to point out, I once turned down Edwina Curry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I cleared the front pages. <laughs>
0: Well, I've got a question about that, and my question questions about who's the most right-wing person you've, you've found no, sexually attractive, but you didn't. She found you attractive, and you, you didn't there want to. There that. was a bit
1: of a knock on the door. What was uh, there? Yeah, but well, we were doing the, some gig together, and she was the keynote speaker, whatever the fuck that means. Right. And I was the comedian, and she came on and did her keynote speech, which no one really listened to. But anyway, <laughs> but then we were in the same hotel. It was, it was in Dublin or Aberdeen or something, anyway, and then there was a knock on the door. Arthur, hello. <laughs> Do you want to come into my room for a cup of tea? Mm. Well, I don't know. Maybe she just wanted a cup of Could tea. But, uh, but I had a thing. I, I vowed uh, when Thatcher got in, that I was never going to have sex with a conservative <laughs> voter. Right. <laughs> and... Uh, my my resolve was tested only once, to my knowledge. And I, I'm pleased to say I went home and pleasured myself in a socialist
0: way. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, a lot of people say fuck the Tories, don't they? So it would have been... <laughs> Arthur
1: Scargill
0: told me once... Yeah, I thought you were going gonna... to... I'll just stop there, so I know?
1: <laughs> that Thatcher had shagged... Uh, a Member of Parliament, one Tory and one Labour. Right. I mean as to whether this is true or not, I could never know. But
0: Right. There were I mean it's interesting I I, I was on a reality thing T V show thing with um Jonathan Aitken who I actually got Oh on.
1: God you poor bastard
0: I, I, We kind of got on quite well by ignoring our massive differences in anything political What but was this
1: reality show?
0: It was that we did a rowing that we did a rowing thing and it was kind of a crazy thing because they really wanted there's no one famous they could get on it was like Oxford versus Cambridge rowing
1: Oh I race. see yeah.
0: and they, were, they couldn't find anyone good and Jonathan Aitken was the only famous person they got but he was gigantic but too old to row and so he was, was skin and I was tight, I was but he I, I need the money but he, he was was the cocks of our of our own <laughs> thing. They were six foot tall and the rest of were five foot tall. But he liked drinking and but then you know, he his daughters were at school with Khashoggi's daughter, weren't they? And then they went, We look very similar, don't we? We look very the same and then they discovered through that, that Aitken had been fucking the oil baron Khashoggi's. Uh, oh right, and wife. it was his daughter. So it was his daughter. So they just were all. Oh, I think dear, it, it that must
1: be a desperately sad, odd thing to discover. Uh, yeah, that yeah. Your father's not the person you felt. Yeah, what you, it was.
0: Yeah, well, that, but I think that's what they—they—they they, they had all this, you know, pr- pretension of being, you know, moral and whatever. And I think they're, they? just, they're living this kind of <laughs> this lifestyle of debauchery. But he was—I I sort of quite liked him, but I never—we don't—we we don't stay in touch. <laughs> We enjoyed. We, is he here? Are you in, Jonathan? Um, <laughs> How
1: long did he did to time inside? Didn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah. This this was after he'd been in prison. Have you so ever been in prison? I no. I don't think I've even. Have you ever been arrested? No. What a wanker! <laughs> <laughs> don't think so. No, no. You've never been arrested. What about when you watched in with the whole thing? What if I won't what, what I did? What? Went to Wookiee Hall playing. I went to Wells. I went to Wells Cinema. It's very different to watch an 18 film when I was fourteen. I don't think they arrest you for that. They, I think they throw you out of the cinema if they find you. I've done very little of any work. You Have you been arrested?
1: Of, I'll, give, t- I'll give you a little one little bit of advice I've learned in life. About the only thing I've ever learned: never smoke a joint outside Bishopsgate Police Station. <laughs> But I was... I've been arrested twice. Well, three times, really, but only really twice. (laughs) (laughs) But I was arrested at the end of my Edinburgh tour uh, for breach of the peace and possession of a megaphone <laughs> uh,
0: that's what <laughs> this is your mid well two o'clock in the morning you go on a, a yeah. tour of edinburgh and, yeah and, it's and, a late uh, night
1: and simon munnery was yeah. arrested as well and i i must admit i'm rather proud to have been arrested at the end of a gig i mean there's me lenny bruce <laughs> i mean who else has been arrested at the end of a gig
0: it's
1: true there must be some does anyone know there must be a comedy nerd out there
0: I think you hear stories occasionally. I've, I've, had a, yeah, and I've, I've had instances where people in the audience have been arrested. When we were in Montreal, there was a guy who had a gun. Who oh, then, wow. That's then, a big heckle. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he took it out outside of the gig. But what, we, I was taking the piss out of him in the gig, not knowing he had a gun. Hell. Well,
1: I, I, did a, I was comparing once at Jonglers in the 80s, I think this was, and there was an act on, and his name had, it was in the listings, and although he was only really doing a tryout, he was doing ten minutes or something. And when he came off stage, he'd done all right, he was arrested. And it I turned think... out he was a wanted man, and the police had seen his name in the listings. <laughs> <laughs> you thought, well, that's bad luck, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was going down badly, and then getting arrested at the end of it, you know.
0: But your worst heckle, you had something poured over you that was the probably. Oh your yeah, worst
1: someone poured a pint of urine over me uh, while I, in my new suit. In fact, I think Tara, who's here, was there on that occasion, or at least it was the suit you gave me, anyway. Uh, yes, I got covered in piss, uh, and he. But he was enjoying my set. I mean, God knows what he'd have done if he'd hated it. And I, I remember doing a gig once where the heckle was. Uh, it wasn't to me. It was a bloke who was on before. But he was quite old. He wasn't doing very well. And suddenly, a woman's voice rang out. Excuse me. I think you really need to think about the way your life is going. <laughs> You know, not just your act shit, so <laughs> it's
0: the whole point of your
1: existence. <laughs> well, what's and, the worst heckle you've ever
0: had? Oh, well, I, they're never very good, are they? When we did Lee and Herring, I used to, we, I used to pick on a, someone who looked like the youngest boy in the front row, so was 13-year-old, and I'd kind of go at them saying, yeah, I, I earn my money and you get it from your mum, and then we'd say, heckle me back, heckle me back. Uh, And one kid said, the sleeves of your jacket are slightly frayed. And and they were. And they were. uh, So, A, that very perceptive sight of... A thirteen-year-old, yeah. but which, but also that's kind of amazing. And I hadn't realised. I looked, and I, it was an amazing takedown, isn't it? Yeah, it I sort agree. of says more yeah. than because it's like, yeah, you know, whatever you think. I remember is...
1: nearly right at the beginning of my career. I was remembering remembering this with Paul Merton just two days yes. ago because he was sixty two days ago. Anyway, and, uh, when we were sharing a bill in Swansea, and uh, a woman shouted out, "Why don't you go back to London and leave us all alone?" <laughs> And she really meant it, you know. <laughs> hey,
0: no, calm down. No, she was Welsh,
1: oh, all right? Calm down. Yes, my accent, I'm not very good at accents, and I can do I'll Dylan Tomacoy. Why
0: don't you go back to London? Oh, yeah. and can you do impressions, Richard? Can I do impressions? I'm not very i am versed. there must be one you could do. I could do Charlie
1: Borman. I can do Dylan Thomas segueing into Frankie Howard. Okay. Do not go gentle into that good night. No, Misses, don't. (laughs) (laughs) God, I've done that joke for twenty-five years.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, let's talk about the. I I love talking about the early days of stand-up, which you obviously were right there as alternative comedy began. I mean, you sort of were there when it started. You almost started it. it well, yeah, argument. yeah.
1: I uh, I wasn't at that first night at the comedy store. I had applied to be. Did they had you? a thing in time out saying looking for new young comedians for a new club, and I wrote back saying, "Yeah, count me in." But I never got a reply on it, hey. so I never did it. But I did go there about a year later, and yeah, yeah it was uh, it was it was an exciting time.
0: It was, yeah. And what was the what was the craziest act around that time? That oh, uh,
1: blimey! I remember an act called. Um, Oh, who are those terrible Myra, a, a, a drag act who came on as Myra Hindley, <laughs> and read out Little Red Riding Hood, which, if you recall, involves anyway. <laughs> and I remember uh, a tap dancer, uh, but he was let down by the fact it was a carpet on the stage. <laughs> there was. Uh, Sylvie, bottle knocker, who used to be able to open a bottle of beer with her tits. <laughs> I, I can't. Re- <laughs> I'm sorry to have placed that image in your mind.
0: Just trying to work out how. Yeah, how I, I, I can't
1: really remember that. quite how it worked. It was some dodgy night club in Islington, I remember.
0: There was. I mean, even because I was, I was. Coming, came to it in the light, late 80s and early 90s, and there were still a few vestiges of those sort of things going on, but not, not as many yeah, as... Yeah,
1: well, the, I mean, there's still some wacky acts out there. there are, yeah. There's no doubt, because there's so many of them. You know, yeah. there's all sorts of ridiculous ones, you I, see.
0: I think it's come back round. There are clubs where you can go and do those real avant-garde stuff. I think yeah. There was well, a that, time in the 90s when it became very male stand-up.
1: Yeah, just blokes with their hands in their pockets talking about wanking. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Some of us have kept that going for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> have you actually done a whole show about wanking? Not, and uh, not just about wanking. But there's always it always features. It always, <laughs> <laughs> there's always something there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, I'll ask you an emergency question. I'll, I'll ask you this one. I think you might have an answer to this. Um, this is a new one. I'm quite have, good on
1: capitals.
0: Okay. <laughs> have you ever fallen downstairs?
1: Uh Yes, of course I have. What do you think I am? A fucking sober... Uh, Yes, I have... The most
0: memorable falling downstairs
1: incident. When I was six years old... Yeah. And I fell down the stairs and my... I can feel it to this moment. My nose hit the corner of the thing. And I broke my nose, I think. Although I was never... Because I was being babysit by my granny... And in fact, because of that, I've got a fucking dodgy, ugly nose ever since. I'd say, you know, can you see a bit of a yeah, break in it? Yeah, yeah, in? yeah, the, uh, yes. And that was—I uh, mean, it's not a very amusing anecdote. No, it doesn't have
0: to be. It just has to. We're just trying to uh, have you fallen downstairs. I fell downstairs uh, about. It's a classic
1: way for comedians to die. Is, <laughs> it is, yeah. That and setting fire to the front room when they go to bed and leave a fag. That—that
0: that is a good way to go. Uh, I fell downstairs taking the breakfast up to my wife in bed, which so that's why well, you must never do that. And I was a bit tired. Uh, and I <laughs> well, had a well, whole you had the tray, I had a whole oh, tray no. of breakfast, and then so I slipped, and then I was more concerned with the breakfast that I'd created, and so then I re- and I literally fell down about eight or nine steps uh, with Still coffee and a tray the breakfast oh, and wow. porridge. And everything all over me.
1: And did your wife enjoy that breakfast?
0: <laughs> she didn't get any breakfast. Evening. I might have gone, I probably then went and made her another breakfast. That's how good a husband I What's am. What's the
1: closest you've come to dying?
0: I'm not very close. I know that you Oh, have. that's
1: disappointing. But yeah,
0: they must have like, well, you were nearly run over, or you've... No, well, um, well, when I was about... When I was on my year off, I went to Camp America, and on the last day of Camp America, luckily when all the kids have gone, we're in the middle of a redwood forest, and we had a party, and then someone left a cigarette somewhere, and this whole... Uh, the cabin went up in flames and then the whole forest went <laughs> started going up in flames. And we were woken up three o'clock in the morning very drunk by this fire alarm and had to put out this fire ourselves. Quite exciting. Yeah. So, I, 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 though, uh, you know, I didn't... We could have... It, it just rained a little bit the night before and for the first time the whole summer. And there was no wind. But we were... There was 100 miles to the nearest fire station, so we just had to... Ferry, uh, big things of water up the hill, but we, I was fine. I survived. Here I am. Well, obviously, yeah. Uh, but you, you became, you yeah, became very I, close to dying.
1: I, well, yeah, that for a couple of times, but yeah, principally, uh, when I was ill, when I, it's because I'd been drinking too much. I was taken to hospital and I, had, with a awful pain in my stomach, and I had acute necrotizing pancreatitis which meant that my pancreas was essentially sort of eating itself and I was in intensive care and I was more likely to die than live at one point Uh, but which actually if you know that which does not kill you makes you stronger it was kind of it was rather an extraordinary experience obviously you know when I came out i felt well i'd learned one thing i'd learned is that i really like morphine (laughs) 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 by the way (laughs) but uh you know i came out and i felt a sort of lightness and an ability to cherish the world that just because it wasn't gone as i feared and how old were you then
0: you were still quite
1: i was in my late 40s yeah yeah Yeah.
0: so well thank goodness you survived that but it was i remember it being a, a
1: well, yeah, it was a time, it was just around the same time Malcolm Hardy died yeah. and Linda Smith as well. Yeah. Who remembers Linda? Yeah. yeah. I still occasionally, Nick, let's have a round of applause for Linda Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still, I still think Linda had the best analysis of, the you know, our problems with the Middle East. She said, the trouble with our, the Middle East is that somehow our oil has ended up under their sand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here's another one of Linda's. She said, uh, if, if God had wanted us to believe in him, he would have existed.
0: <laughs> 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 it's all right to nick jokes when someone's dead, right? That's all right. Yeah, well, okay. that's what I thought. I think you, you, you keep alive. Yeah, yeah. Appropriate,
1: of course. And I, I've uh, referenced
0: it. <laughs> you certainly have. Um, uh, and uh, you were in that Red Dwarf episode that my fans, oh, yeah. will, my fans yeah. will want to hear about. Yes. So... Uh, um, Have you
1: got a few dwarfies in tonight?
0: Yeah, uh, I thought right. they might be interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I, do you know I auditioned for the part that uh, Robert... Was it, yeah, Robert Llewellyn part. I did,
0: the role the, the, the Crichton.
1: Yeah, Crichton, that's yeah. right, yeah. God, I'm glad I didn't get the part. Poor bastard, old Robert had to spend the two hours in makeup <laughs> before everyone else got there, yeah, yeah. I think.
0: Although no-one knows, recognises him, I kind of think that's... You know, probably a blessing, isn't it? You can you do in something very successful, yeah, and then probably. you can still walk down the street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? I
1: mean, Craig went a bit mad, didn't he, for a while?
0: <laughs> 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 and <laughs> it was the backwards episode. It was a very good episode of Red oh, I, think it, was, I, I mean, think it was the thing best were, one. It
1: was a wonderful uh, original concepts and uh yeah, and I would landed in a planet where everything went backwards. So my scene was gonna be run backwards. You know, so I said to Robin Douglas, no, it doesn't matter what the fuck I say, does it? So I kind of went on and, and swore, and and you know, when it went out, it was like that. But of course, people have run it back since and <laughs> caught me saying, What a load of bollocks. And
0: uh, I
1: remember being in the studio audience looked rather shocked after I'd done that.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm glad I did, though.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you, uh, it's interesting to, to talk about that, the, the, the fame thing, because I think you sort of, I've, I've seen you quoted saying the best kind of fame is sort of mild fame. Yeah. The kind of fame that you... Definitely,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine what it must be like, you know, being, you know, Meryl Streep or something, because wherever you go, people are going to be kind of looking at you and coming up, and whereas, you know, I'm awful, I'm recognised a little bit, and mostly it's fairly pleasant and occasionally you can get a favour out of it you know. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> provided you don't take it too seriously as well you can bring sort of pleasure to people because you know there are f- people in my family or you know and th- th- they get pleasure if I send a card or turn up at some event and play Mr. Showbiz a bit I mean I know it's all bullshit but people like it so <laughs> you know I'll play along with it to yeah. give them some pleasure
0: well you seem to have a nice life I think for looking at looking in looking from the outside
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, despair and disillusion are essential moments in the progress of the intellectual soul. Yeah. (laughs) And, and I I mean, I still think sort of, you know, uh, man is a a fallen god who remembers heaven, as uh, Anthea Turner (laughs) (laughs) remarked. You know, it's not to say I don't suffer some anguish yeah. as as any any right-thinking person does. I mean, what a bizarre thing to be a human being.
0: It is weird.
1: I was like that moment. There's that kind of nanosecond when you wake up in the morning and you don't really know what the fuck you are. <laughs> you know, and then you go, oh, yeah, I'm a human. Oh, yeah, I'm that bloke. Oh, yeah, I don't, I've got to go and fucking do Richard's show. <laughs> 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 you sort of like download. But there is a, a moment when you're just a kind of living thing with no no knowledge of yourself which yes. is essentially what we are
0: yeah it's it is a, I mean if, we, if you think about it too much it's it is a it's a, it's a very strange thing that we have it doesn't feel like it's possible the, the, the world and the human race have everything that's
1: maybe it isn't maybe we're all part of your dream I hope so
0: it's good. it's been a good dream if it's I hope we I hope we, I hope we don't wake up too soon um, and you, you self-styled Mayor of Ballam. Oh, yes. I am the Mayor of Ballam,
1: uh, self-proclaimed. <laughs> nightmare, I don't do days. I have lived in Ballam for a long time, and I well remember the occasion when I proclaimed myself mayor at my grand ceremony in Sainsbury's car park. <laughs> and I sang the song that I wrote, especially for the occasion, which went... Ah. Uh... I am the mayor of oh yes, I fucking am. I am the mayor of Balaam. I fucking fucking am. <laughs> Everybody? <laughs> oh, I, I am the, the mayor of oh yes, I fucking am. I am the mayor of Balaam. I fucking fucking am. <laughs> That's all we got time for on Start <laughs> the Week. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I I, I rather enjoy I realise it's a game that Londoners play and have done you know for two hundred years or something, the the North East South London thing. You know who like, who here's from South London? Yeah. Who's from North London? Scum <laughs> Because occasionally I have foreigners, you know, you play the game of they're all fucking arseholes in North London, posh bastards, you know. In, in North London, they've got little blue plaques commemorating famous people. In South London, we have big yellow signs saying, did you see this murder? <laughs> and, uh, you know, London's, uh, you know... You say you're moving to the country? I'm moving Richard. to the
0: countryside on Friday. Although, not. We're, I'm moving in the. Might be back first. again on Sunday. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see how we are do. Where them. are you going? It's just out into Hertfordshire, middle of Hertfordshire, near Hitchin.
1: Why are you doing
0: this? Well, you know. It's a good question. Uh, I. Uh, <laughs> It'll be nice to, you know, be out in the countryside, wouldn't it, and have some fresh air. I've got a, two, well, a child and a child on the way. Yeah,
1: but what are you going to do in the evenings? <laughs> <laughs> As I believe Woody Allen said. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I think every everyone has a sort of, you know, Londoner has a sort of vague fantasy of buying a big jumper and going to live in Cornwall or something. Yeah. But I think... <laughs> see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean we all have that little fantasy, but I think most Londoners will be bored shitless after two days.
0: <laughs> well we'll see. I think it's near enough to London that I can come into London quite a lot, but we'll see if that happens. Yeah. And we'll see if we you know we Maybe
1: you'll up. get right into the local thing, join the local village, Panto.
0: Yeah, it might I might do Yeah,
1: do get into your roses into the <laughs> flower competition. i do
0: like yeah. Get into wife-swapping and yeah. get drunk in the United States. So right, do you have to plant
1: that, matter, that special plant outside your house? So for is that. that
0: what you do for that? Well, yeah,
1: pampas grass. <laughs> Supposedly, any house with pampas grass right. inside their swingers.
0: Okay, I'll look out for those.
1: It certainly wasn't true when I knocked on that door. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, the mysterious life of the village. Also, you see, if you live in like that, everyone gets to know you. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want to be known by everyone.
0: <laughs> Would you? You know, like... Uh... Well, no. I sort of, but then that's, I mean, that, London's the opposite, isn't it? And so I've lived in this house I live in at the moment for 14 years, and it took me about eight years before I even really spoke to anyone in the street. Yeah. Well, and I'm not really friends with anyone in the street. So yeah. it's kind of the opposite of that, isn't it? So you will get to have to talk to people.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of the most shocking things you ever see if someone starts talking to you on the tube. for <laughs> fuck's sake. What's going on here? That's outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I am fucking
0: Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when I lived in Ballon, we would occasionally meet on the Tube, because obviously we were going in, and you'd go, we don't have to talk to each other, do we? <laughs> no, it's... no, it's
1: fine. I'm a grouchy fan.
0: <laughs> but, I, but I also feel like that. Occasionally you really meet someone on the Tube. Yeah, you, especially like you have I to really have the conversation
1: in public. Well, the worst thing is, if you, know, you get on a train in Edinburgh, go into London, and just see the most boring man you've ever met... Getting on the train next to you, yeah. and then he comes and sits next to you. Oh no, that was you,
0: wasn't it? It was me. <laughs> <laughs> and now you've come and subjected yourself to an owl with me. Um, I've I, I had a great uh, documentary with you. I mean, you've done so many things on the on the radio and, and TV, but I'm am sort of fascinated by uh, colditz and Prisoners of war. And your dad was in, in colditz, was yes. He was my
1: father, my father's war. Um, he, he was called up, and he went. He was captured at El Alamein in 1942, where, and then he was transported uh, to Italy, and he was paraded through the streets of Palermo. Then he was down a copper mine, like slave labour in Saxony, and then he ended the war though in Colditz Castle. Right, uh, and uh, I do a bit of a joke because I did take him back there when he was yeah. seventy and at this point it had turned half of it into a hotel and we booked in. and he rang down to room service and asked for a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Which he did really, obviously. That. But he did once, we were having a conversation about it and he's, you know, they were starving, especially when he was in Italy, he was absolutely starving and he, he said, we used to eat anything We you know, we'd eat a dead dog and I said, oh, you know, what, what does dog taste like? And he genuinely said, mm, you know, it's a bit like rat. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he was uh, prisoner of war for three years and was finally liberated from Colditz uh, in 1945. I, and I yeah, I took him back there and I've been back there once since. It's this rather extraordinary medieval castle. Yeah. And you know, I mean, he was telling me about the day that they were liberated and uh, you know the Americans were coming in and but they weren't sure what this if this castle was you know. But anyway, they managed to get a flag up and this this exhausted american gi gets to the gates of the castle the the german no you know puts his thing down surrenders he opens the door and then there's a thousand dr- shouting men come at him and he's fucking hell and then, only then does he realize this is that you know these guys have all just become free yeah, yeah. Uh, and my dad who was oh, jesus he was quite a he could pull the ladies my dad <laughs> Because on that day, like, so he's free to you know while they're waiting for you know, in a, you know a few days' time, a thing had come and taken back. But he went out in the town where he managed to cop off with a <laughs> Polish waitress just you know two hours after he was released. <laughs> when you've got to think, there was quite a lot of competition for a Polish waitress. But because uh, I got him to write his memoir um, before he died and. There's some amazing stories those guys lived through. He's got one where after the war he signed up again because he had no work and um, was sent to Yugoslavia. Anyway, he got a week's holiday in Venice, you know, and he'd never stayed in a hotel or, you know, he'd done prisoner of war. So he, he goes in the, in this hotel, but and he goes out for a swim on the Venice Lido and sees a woman in a bikini, which had just been invented these, you know, the bikinis because yeah. of the bikini asshole nuclear oh, right. test. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, and my dad then said he, he didn't go back there until he spent a week with this woman. <laughs> she didn't speak English. He didn't speak Italian, but. You know, I'm guessing there was quite a lot of shagging went on. <laughs> <laughs> and she took him to various... And she she was an orphan. She'd been orphaned. Uh, uh, parents had been killed in the bombing of Milan. Anyway, at the end of the week, my dad... It obviously been a fantastic week. He offered her uh, some money. And she said, oh, you think I'm a prostitute? And he <laughs> got pissed off at him. So it all ended badly. Oh. Went back to Yugoslavia. And then... Months later, he discovered she had made, which would have been a really perilous journey, the journey to his army camp in uh, Yugoslavia as it was then, yeah. and tried to get in touch to make contact with him, but had been turned away at the you know the gates of the of the army uh, oh, camp, no. and he never saw her again. But you think, you know, what an extraordinary little romance, yeah. and whatever happened to her?
0: And if she'd got through, you wouldn't be here. Probably. No, or oh, maybe I'd be Italian, doing
1: <laughs> my funny Italian. Oh dear, this is
0: embarrassing.
1: It's <laughs> from a different time. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the old defence.
1: Nel mezzo del cammin di nostra vita, mi ritrovai per una selva oscura, che la dedita viara smarrita.
0: It's nice. <laughs>
1: That's the opening lines of The Inferno by oh, yes. Dante, which I, I learned to impress an Italian au pair girl. And did it work? She shagged my friend. <laughs> <laughs> because I think, looking back on it, it's the most famous bit of literature in... It takes a bit like to be or not to be. And, yes. and I think I, to her, I sounded like, you know, to be or not to be is the question, whether he's snobling in your mind. You know? <laughs> Would you like to do a bit of Shakespeare in a funny accent, Richard?
0: Um, I'll, do a, I'll do Macbeth. Is this the dagger right deeper for me? It's handled toward my hand. Uh, it's a good game, Shakespeare
1: good. in regional accents. Yeah. To be or not to be? That's a question, isn't it?
0: Presumably, how it how it was done. Yeah, it? it probably did sound like that then. Did well, we're near. Well, I saw you look at your watch. We're nearly done. Uh,
1: <laughs> Good. It's late for me. It's
0: late. <laughs> it's late for me. I was up at three thirty this morning. Um, really?
1: How many times have I heard <laughs> <about>
0: that? <laughs> one tax once one Sunday. um how about Are You Being Served? Should we talk about Are You Being Served <laughs> before we
1: go? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was cast in the remake. one of, yeah. of you two of them may have seen it. I the did The remake it. of uh, Are You Being Served, which was kind of fun. Well,
0: you played the um, Arthur English. Part. That's right. Yeah. The sort
1: of the dodgy bloke yeah. in the. Which is yeah. good,
0: good casting. From, yeah, from yeah. Well,
1: I, we're both called Arthur, yeah. and uh, <laughs> we're, we're comedians. Yeah. I mean, frankly, I'm quite glad it didn't get a series. I don't know if I'd want it to be stuck. You know, I've never really liked the idea of being in some endless. Yeah, program that you always have to. You know, I'd rather do what me what I want. to do myself. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It was a it was a slightly weird one. I mean, that was a g- odd little season that they did. Of, of yeah, I
1: mean, it was an interesting idea. I, yeah. thought. I mean, I thought there was one I thought was really good. Was it porridge or something? The yeah, porridge you
0: know? got porridge got picked up for a series, and I yeah. thought it was they're good though. I thought it was really good. Clements yeah. and uh, Lefrany are very. Very sharp writers, I think so. There's only a couple. Given that there must be in their 80s, are there? Must be 79, 80, those. Yeah,
1: because I interviewed them. Did yeah. It, yeah,
0: You should get them on. Yeah, well, I would like to, yeah. I should do. I thought that about uh, the other two, the Steptoe two, but one of them's gone now, isn't he?
1: Better get one of them. Get on. one of them on.
0: <laughs> then then it just said you the don't same end stuff. up, though,
1: being the kiss of death. I just <laughs> did a radio <laughs> program series on So Every time we approach someone to do the thing about them, they died. Yeah. So Peter Cook and uh, oh who else? Is there? yeah, it's a shame. I was going to go to Gibraltar with Peter Cook. Ah,
0: oh, that would
1: but have been, I never did. been amazing.
0: Stuart Lee, Stuart <laughs> Lee I'm sadly not. Uh, but uh, sadly, sadly, he wasn't asked to be on that series. Um, so far, nobody who's been a guest on this show has died. So that is, and we've been going for five years. So that's pretty good. Until now, <laughs> <laughs> who I'll was go the first? worst one you had? Who's the worst one? Guest, like the ones? most annoying guest, or the hardest to interview? Uh, so it, well, could be, could be. Sometimes Stuart Lee was the second time was a little bit uh, difficult. The oh, first well, no, time, I... he, the first time he was good. Um, I had a bit, I had a little misunderstanding with Stephen Merchant. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I want to hear about uh, this. What happened then? Well, just I think he. I think he thought I was trying to get him to stitch up... I was making jokes about what's it like being the one in double act who's the best, but everyone that likes the other one more, the yeah. kind of jokes. And I think he thought I was just talking... I was making oh, a joke can about can I myself. do a
1: big flounce off to him? He
0: <laughs> can do, yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Shall uh, I offend you? Yeah, go on. <laughs> you look a bit like Sid James, I th- I've always thought. <laughs> That
1: doesn't offend me at all. (laughs) If that's what you think in offensive (laughs) remarks, you can fuck
0: off, Richard Herring. Fuck you. Oh, no, it's all gone wrong. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Arthur Smith, if that is his real name. Been listening to Rich Death Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Chang, and my guest Arthur Smith. The music is my best. Uh, the uh, other stuff I have to tell you is thank you to the Method Square Theatre staff and management. Thank you to everyone uh, at GoFasttestripe.com. Uh, thank you to everyone at the British Comedy Guide and iTunes and all the other platforms which kindly released my podcast for free. Um, the producer is Ben Walker, it's the fuzz, gofasthestripe.com and Sky Potato Production. Thanks for listening. Head to gofasterstripe.com. You can find out about stuff that you can buy to help the podcast and to help me stay alive. Uh, and also go to richchangcom slash gigs to find out if I'm doing my new show anywhere near you soon. Thanks for listening. Go away. Goodbye.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion
0: without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.